Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have the owner of 22 Entertainment, Peyton Heben. You're going to hear Peyton's story of growing up in Florida and what first got him into music. You'll also hear about his time writing for Ray's Rowdy, launching 22 Entertainment and signing Cody Coe's as their flagship artist, working in A&R for Riverhouse Artists, and more. I had a great time talking to Peyton. I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face, and it'll be okay. Try not to be bitter. You gotta do it either way. Keep a smile on your face, and it'll be okay. So when life throws a jab, you gotta duck out of the way. How you doing today, Peyton? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. So, written right in your story, you grew up in Fort Myers, Florida. What was your childhood like? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I grew up living like any Floridian. You know, um, I went to a private school, but we grew up like going to the beach, fishing. Um, just I never really there was and Fort Myers is not known for its country music scene whatsoever. So, I mean, I grew up. My dad was like Nickelback, Hinder that type of music. And my mom was like Reba. Um, but she, like they listened to a whole bunch of different things like Michael Jackson, all those people. Um, but it wasn't until like fourth or fifth grade, I was getting, we had a like pickup car line after school mm-hmm. and it was my grandma that would pick me up. And every time she picked me up, she would have the George Strait like greatest hits CD playing. So that's how I kind of got into love and music um yeah now uh when you were first listening to music as a kid do you think uh you were drawn more to the lyrics or were you kind of just uh listening to the music more instrumentally I, honestly that's a good question i don't really know something i mean you could go back to everybody that i that i listened to like bruno mars michael jackson all the way to nickelback and hinder and three doors down daughtry but it's like none of them connected with me like that George Strait CD. I honestly couldn't tell you what it was. Yeah. But it was, it just hit me different. So growing up, that's all I listened to. As I got older, I listened to things on my own. Yeah. Did you play any instruments growing up or were you just a, a music listener? Just a listener. Um, I took guitar lessons at a young age and uh, piano lessons, cool. but never could pick it up. I bought a guitar in 2019 and it was like my first actual acoustic guitar still have it in my room it has, has dust all over it <laughs> so what was uh your high school years like uh what were you thinking about uh doing like after you graduated yeah so um high school was weird for me because in high school you're kind of only really focused like there are people that focus on what they're going to do after mm-hmm. for me it was i was kind of just living in those years didn't really care about school because i was an athlete. So I was playing basketball. I was like, I'm going to go to college for basketball. Yeah. And then as I started getting closer, it was like, all right, maybe it's time to have a wake up call that you're like five, nine, you're not going to go play D one basketball. <laughs> so I started to think about what I want to do after at that point, it was too late. My grades weren't great. So I couldn't get into any Florida schools because my ACT scores were too low. Mm. So when I graduated, I went with my buddy and we went to Georgia Southern in Statesboro, Georgia. Yeah. And that, honestly, I only went there one year. I didn't do great, but it changed my life because I was introduced to people 
for some reason, Statesboro, Georgia is like a hot spot for country music. Right. Trey Landon, Brian Fuller, Dylan Marlowe. Now you have Landon Smith, Gavin Adcock, like a whole bunch of people that come out of Statesboro, Georgia. So when I was there, it was right when Dylan Marlowe was still playing cover gigs. Trey Landon didn't have a record deal. Um, but I just got around those people um, and kind of grew more into the music business. Right. Uh, but when I graduated, I wanted to do, uh, my graduate high school, I wanted to do something in construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always had two dream jobs. I either wanted to be a firefighter or do something in like construction management because my both of my uncles do something in that field. Gotcha. Now, when you're at Georgia Southern, do you just feel like a, a certain energy when you walk on that campus or at the bars around town? I mean, just like you said, it's soaked in country music history, not only with Dylan Marlowe and the young guys, but Cole Swindell, Luke Bryan. Yeah. So... I lived in a, in a dorm called Eagle village mm-hmm. and that's right across from like the main campus, like the dining hall and everything. But right next to that across the street is a place called Dingus McGee's. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear, like, if you go listen to, um, or watch the Luke Bryan documentary, I think it's called dirt road diary. Um, he talks about that place. That's like his first gig or, um, where it's where he met his wife. like the history like you are in that place and you're like this is where luke bryan started or you go drive down um greek row and you see the sigma chi house that's where cole swindell started that's how he met luke bryan that's like you you go into southern social and you're like dylan marlowe like started on this stage right here like all those places blue room um i remember this was 20 it was either late 2018 or early 2019 um this place called the blue room which is like a huge hot spot for artists like megan maroney and hardy like they all go play that mm-hmm. hardy's too big for it now but morgan wallen headlined it and i think this was pre-whiskey glasses i think all he had out was like up down with florida georgia line but whiskey glasses hadn't hit radio yet so like no one knew who he was or anything, but people showed up because tickets were like $15 and everyone just wanted to get drunk and listen to music. Yeah. And it wasn't long after that, that he popped off. So it's like a lot of people, Muscadine bloodline, same thing. They all come through there and you get a chance to see them in a more intimate setting before they go pl- playing stadiums and amphitheaters. So it's now, just a super cool spot. Do you think it was like kind of that time period that kind of made you more interested in the music industry, kind of seeing those up close and personal shows? Yeah, definitely. I was like, it didn't seem so far out of reach. Yeah. Just like being involved in this, it seemed back in the day, like you could, like my high school days, I loved it. But what what could I do to get involved? Nothing. But then I started to realize, okay, all I have to do is just make these connections, just talk to these people, get to know them. And that's how I met a guy named Hayden Kaufman. Um, I kind of, there was a kid from my hometown, Chapin Leatherwood. He moved, went to, I think he went to Auburn, dropped out, moved to Nashville, started managing Hayden Kaufman. And I was like, dang, that's a cool job. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's, this is when I was at Georgia Southern. So I kind of hit him up. We were just talking back and forth. And I've watched every move that he made. And I would like piggyback off connections. Mm-hmm. And that's eventually how I had my connections in Nashville to lead to what I do now. So was it before you moved to Nashville that you uh, kind of organized a uh, country music festival in your hometown? Yep. So this was right after I left Georgia Southern. 
yeah, so right after I left there, I moved to Orlando, Florida. Didn't didn't really want to move home yet. So I was like, I'm just going to go UCF in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Went there. Um, COVID hit. And that was my excuse. Like, all right, it's time to move home. So at that point, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was going to go to um, the fire academy, just become a firefighter. Um, and then a family friend approached me and was like, you have these connections in the music industry. Like, why don't we just do a music festival in Fort Myers? Like, it doesn't have to be huge. So like, okay, that's not a bad idea. So I gathered all my connections um, and we put it on. I had Hayden co-headline because he was on tour, the Barstool Preacher tour with Jacob Bryant. Mm-hmm. Um, I had him play. And then I hired or booked a local artist named Carter Smith. He had lived in Nashville, but was currently back home in Fort Myers. Um, I booked him to be like the local opener. Mm-hmm. And eventually it led to me managing him. And that was April of 2022. So, cause he had nobody helping him. So I was like, I know how to do all this stuff. I'll just start doing it for you. Started managing him. And then that, I think it was July of 2022. We're just like, let's just move back to Nashville for him. Move back. Me just move. Yeah. And I was like, I started 22 entertainment, which is the management company that I own. I started that in April, right after I picked him up, just created the LLC. Um, and then up and moved to Nashville in July. Now, is there anything you learned from uh, forming that festival that you still use now with uh, managing artists? Um, I think it's just uh, the most important thing that I learned out of it is it's all about who you know. Yeah. Like whether you're managing, booking, um, or just like, even if you're just in charge of getting the sponsors for a festival, it's all who you know. Cause it takes a village to do everything. Totally. Um, so just having a wide network is the most important thing in my eyes. Now, what are your first couple months in Nashville? Like, uh, were you kind of out networking, going to like open mics or songwriting nights? Uh, what were you doing to network with people? So it's kind of crazy because right when I moved back to Fort Myers post like Orlando, um, I transferred to Florida Gulf Coast University, which I still go to right now. But I was taking in-person classes because I was an, am an entrepreneurship major and they're not huge on online classes. Mm-hmm. So I was taking in-person classes all fall 2022. So I was flying back and forth. Southwest has a direct flight between BNA and RSW, which is Fort Myers. And I was flying like twice a month. Wow. And at this point where I was driving, And when I was driving, I was listening to podcasts. So I would listen to, I'm not sure if you know, Matt Burial. um, In the the round. Yep. So I was listening to those podcasts like nonstop, whether it was like an artist, uh, a tour manager, whoever it was. And I was like learning. I was listening for names that they were saying. Um, Like, for example, J.D. Groover. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast with him and I was just every time they name drop somebody, I was like, all right, let me go look them up on Instagram, see what they look like. And then I would, every time I was in town, I would go to live Oak and I would hang out there. Like it was my hotel, (laughs) like, or my home. Like I would just be there and just look for faces that I recognize or listen for names that I recognized. And I would just go up and introduce myself. And that's actually how I got involved with raised rowdy was that I went up to Burrell and I was like, Hey, I love your podcast. Like I just moved here whatever 
And then I talked to Nick Tressler, who owns Ray's Rowdy, um, who started it. Um, and he just got me involved. But that was just listening to the podcast, knowing who to talk to, going up, shaking hands, and then just building relationships from there. What was that like, getting the opportunity to start writing articles for Ray's Rowdy when you first came to town? Honestly, it was a cool thing, but I'm not good at writing articles. Like English, that was never my strong suit, mm-hmm. but it, it's a great opportunity. You know, it puts you in front of people. Um, it gives you a relationship with the artist because the artists see that and they appreciate it. So they want to reach out to you and they want to thank you. They want to be your friend. Um, so it's a good, definitely a good resource. It builds you a lot of connections. Now, where did the idea to start 22 Entertainment come from? And uh, is it 22 Entertainment because you were 22 at the time when you started it? Where did the name come from as well? So going back to you asked me like how I grew up in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up, me and my grandpa were very close. Um, and he would take me fishing all the time. And he was at my basketball games, my wrestling matches, like whatever it was, he was there. Mm-hmm. And he died july 22nd 2013 um so when i was in high school i changed my basketball number my freshman year was 25 and then i got to change my number so i picked 22 because 22 ever since my grandpa died on the 22nd it was like always my number yeah so 22 has always been my thing like my username is always peyton heaven 22 so then um i was trying to think of all these like cool names I was like, why don't you just make it something that means something to you? Yeah. And at the time, it was 2022. I was 22. It just made perfect sense. That's really special. Yeah. So I just kept it simple. Um, To most people, when they hear 22 Entertainment, they're just like, that's simple, probably kind of dumb, but they don't know. And it doesn't really matter what what they think of it, because to me, it's special. Totally. Now, how do you end up meeting Cody Co as your flagship signing for 22 Entertainment? Yeah, so I was on uh, Instagram. This was last, I mean, I had just, I don't even think I fully moved yet. So this was last July or August. He was starting to promote On My Way. Um, and he was working with Craig Campbell. Um, so I reached out to him. Like, it was kind of one of those things where you support each other on social media. Like, he was liking my things. I was liking his. It's just the mutual, but you never met in person or never talked. Yeah. And then eventually I kind of just reached out to him on Instagram. I was like, Hey, I would love to link up with you. So um, we went out and we met at uh, Crow's Nest. I think it is in Nashville for the West Virginia pit game. Cause I'm a huge West Virginia fan. And that's the like West Virginia bar in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went there, just kind of hit it off. Um, he didn't have a manager or anything. The person that was managing him was Craig Campbell's manager. And she wasn't like his full-time manager. It was kind of just, let me help you out until you find somebody. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to later that September, he called me up. I was in Florida. He called me up and was like, I need help. So I started working with him. Um, but I was, like I said, I was back and forth between Florida and Nashville from when I signed my lease in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I was living at the house out there. Um, from July to June, I just moved to Germantown. Um, but it wasn't until January I moved full-time. Yeah. I was back and forth all the way until January. I moved here full-time, moved my classes online. It was just like, I'm doing it. And thankfully, what's your... Go oh, ahead. Sorry, I keep going. No, I was saying thankfully that 
I went up to FGCU, like I emailed my professors and the dean and everybody. And I was like, hey, here's my situation. It's a unique one, you know, but I have to be in Nashville. So because I did that, they were like, you know what? It's an entrepreneurship major. Go do your thing. We'll we'll work with you. So they let me move my classes online um, starting this past January. So I haven't, I've been back to Fort Myers a few times, but unless it's for work, I mean, I don't really have to go back for anything. And now what's that relationship with Cody like now? I, I'm sure it has to be like almost like a brotherly relationship where you have to make calls for him, like with knowing what he would want, like without him even being there, you know? Yeah. So I think the cool thing about it is we started out just as friends. Like, I mean, in any relationship, like at all, you started out as like close friends. You understand how each other works. You understand boundaries. Like you understand everything about each other. So we started out just being friends. There was no business involved whatsoever. Then he called me up, was like, I need help. Mm-hmm. So then we, at that point in time, we already knew like each other's drive, our goals. It was like, we have the same goals. We have the same drive. Let's just do it together. Yeah. So that's what we decided to do. Um, and it's worked out super well. Like we are a great team together. Um, and then I forget when it was that we, that article came out. Um, but I officially launched my company um, and he was the only artist that I had signed. I had worked with other artists previously like Carter, um, but that was all like kind of let's just I'm helping people along the way for free. Because in the, when you first move to this town, you have to do a lot of things for free. Yeah. Even artists like you have to play for free. You have to do things like writers rounds. So you don't get paid. So you're having to just bite the bullet, do things for free. Mm-hmm. Eventually it was kind of like, all right, let's get a contract. Let's get this going and let's make it legit. So then that's officially when I launched 22 entertainment. That's awesome. Now in uh, August of 2023, you had the opportunity to start working A&R for Riverhouse artists. How'd that opportunity come about? It's really weird. So I was kind of like, I, I mean, I was comfortable with what I was doing already. But management, it's very, especially an independent artist, it's very unpredictable. So I was kind of thinking like, how can I make, how can I do more? So one day I went up to visit. um, So my girlfriend, she lives here in Nashville, but she's from uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, I'm from Indiana. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Where at? Uh, South Bend. So a couple hours from Indy. Yeah, she's from Westfield. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we were up in Carmel um walking some trail after breakfast one morning and I get this DM on Instagram from the vice president of Riverhouse mm-hmm. and he's like hey your name came up like we're looking for an A&R person on the countryside like your name came up from someone at wherever um he's like would love to interview you I was like okay cool so it was just completely out of the blue we went to breakfast interviewed kind of and then I went into the office met everybody um and it just happened like it People have said like things happen fast in this town, but I was always kind of like, well, it hasn't yet for me, (laughs) but it's like a a couple months ago, I was just like, just doing management and now I'm doing this. So like, it happened so fast. Like I was, I wasn't expecting anything that morning. I just read a DM and just out of the blue. Right. Now, what's it been like putting that A&R hat on and what kind of makes the song stand out to you uh, when you're listening to it for the first time? Um, that's tough. Like to me, A&R, it's, it's what I'm most passionate about because you kind of, it's the same thing with management. For me, it's like, I'm not going and picking up 
some big artist that's already doing it that just doesn't have a manager. I'm finding new talent of who I want to bring on, who I want to help build their career myself. Yeah. Like us do it together, for example, Cody. A&R is the same way. It's like you're going out and finding these artists, just finding new talent and who people who you believe in and figuring out a way to bring them on and help them in their career. So that's for me, that's why I feel like A&R is, couldn't be like a better fit for me. It's just perfect, the perfect job for me. Um, but when I'm looking for songs, I mean, I'm sure you know, there's a lot of people that sound like other people. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, like the industry is very saturated with the same style. Um, what I look for is just people that, very rarely does someone sing a song and it just like automatically, like without even thinking, it just puts a smile on my face. It just makes me be like, whoa. Like no, whether if I'm listening on Spotify or if I'm at a writer's round, like it's very rare to, or to hear someone's voice where that happens. Yeah. But when, when you know, it's like with anything, when you know, you know, like you hear it and you're just like, Phew. for sure. It's hard to explain for me, but I just like people that stand out outside of what is people essentially going against the grain. Cause it's easy to go and try and sound like everyone wants to sound like Morgan Wallen. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to be that and have that same success. We already have a Morgan Wallen be unique. You know, people recognize like you, they can see right through you. If you're not being unique, if you're not being like true to yourself, a lot of people can go try and sound like Morgan Wallen or do this and that. It's very much, it's all see-through. Right. Just be, be the artist that you want to be, no matter how that is. If you want to co-write or if you want to write like Zach Bryan, you want to write every single song by yourself. That like pe people notice that stuff. Now, so. I, like, I like to close my interviews by asking, what's a piece of advice you'd give to for you, uh, people that want to get in the management side of uh, the industry and also for uh, young artists out there too. Yeah. So honestly, this is kind of going to contradict what I said before a little bit. The biggest piece of advice for even outside of management, just like anything in this business, I said previously, it's all about who you know, but it's really not. It's about, it's not about who you know, but it's about who knows you. Yeah. Because you can go up and I can go up to the head of any label, shake their hand and be like, yeah, I'm Peyton Heaven. I could say I know them, but you want, like, they probably will not remember you. So it's like, who knows you? Like, who are you connecting with? Who are you going out of your way to just talk to and grab lunch? Not even talk business. Just be known by people outside of like, does that make sense? No, totally. That does. Um, and then for young artists, it's just like I was saying, just be, don't try and be anybody but yourself. It's easy to compare. So like a young artist that comes to town, it's like, well, Zach Bryan's doing this. Morgan Wallen's doing this. I'm going to do it this way. And especially it's really easy for girls. Like everyone wants to be Megan Maroney. Yeah. Everyone wants to be Lauren Watkins. Everyone wants to be Kelsey Ballerini. But it's people will see right through that. There's no reason to compare yourself to any other artist. Just be the artist that you want to be 
whether it's like in songwriting, your voice, tell your story the way you want to tell it and you'll be recognized for it. So don't don't waste your time comparing yourself because it will kill your career when you try to be somebody that you're not. Well, guys, there you have it. My conversation with Peyton Heben. Peyton, thank you again so much for coming on the show. I had a great time talking with you. Everyone go follow him on Instagram at Peyton Heben. Check out Starring Small Music on YouTube to see all the video content from our interviews. And also follow Starting Small Music on Instagram at Starting Small Music and let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast next.